Welcome to my mom's podcast. Hi, I'm Marisa Calderon, and you're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast. I'm capturing the early childhood journeys of educators, including discussions and strategies on best practices for children, birth through third grade, and sharing them here for you. So I'm here today with Linda Polly. That's how you say it, right? Yes. Perfect. Um, excited to bring her onto the show uh, for this episode. Um, Linda comes to us from the Arizona AUIC board, and I'm actually at your center. Tell us a little bit about where we are at and your position, Linda. Sure. Um, we're at Risen Savior Early Learning Center in South Chandler. Um, this is the 16th year that it's been in operation. Um, we have about 150 kids every year that are full-time. Um, and there's 40 people on staff. Wow. So it's, uh, it's a huge blessing and a lot to manage. Yeah. Yes. Is it all, uh, what's the age ranges for that? We have infants through kindergarten. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Even a kindergarten program. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Um, and do you guys have a website to, for parents if they're interested or any risen savior preschool.com. And I'll put that information in the show notes for our listeners as well. Thank you. So that they can um, look into the program as well. And you guys, are you guys an accredited program? We are. We're accredited by NAEYC, and we also participate in Quality First. Oh. Um, so that can be very challenging for the staff since they overlap in so many ways. Um, yeah, but it yeah. is a, a big focus here on providing a high-quality experience for young children. How long have you been doing both both of those? We were involved in Quality First when it first, first rolled out. Um, and a big part of that reason, um, if you recall, when Quality First came out, you had to be in for your staff to be able to get college scholarships. Mm-hmm. I, that's not the case anymore, but that was a driving force for us. Our, our staff wanted to um, continue on with their education, and, and uh, I completely admire their dedication. That's awesome. Uh, yes. That's awesome. We yeah. take our play very seriously here at Risen Savior. <laughs> we always say that it's the child's job to play and it's our job to complicate the play. Oh so. my gosh, that's mm-hmm. such a good way to put it. Definitely. Um, and how long have you been at your position? What's your current position again? I'm the director and I have been here since the uh, since the inception. So oh my this gosh. is my 16th year. Wow. Yes. Take me back. Take me back. Okay, so let's see. Did, did you start? at this position in 16 years or what was your, first? you know, um, we had spoken briefly, uh, before we started recording about how <laughs> people just end up as yes. director yeah. and you don't really make that as a career choice. You just end up here. Um, and for me, mine was a little bit different of an experience. My undergrad degrees in business from Arizona state, um, and I was, I worked for Fortune 500 and I did a little entrepreneurship type thing. And, and then for a brief period, I was lucky enough to be a stay-at-home mom when my children were little. Nice. And it was at that time that our pastor here at Risen Savior decided he would like to open um, a preschool. And he asked me to do that. And because of my entrepreneurial background, I said, sure, how hard can that oh, be? I, I know yes, all about I know all uh-huh. I have kids. Okay. You know? <laughs> I can totally do kids. I can totally do kids. (laughs) Yes. And um, it was not very long before I realized, like, wow, there is a lot to know about this industry Um, and ended up going back to school to get my master's in early childhood education. 
Um, so I felt a little bit more qualified to speak on these topics. And you know what? It is a true passion in my yeah. life. Yeah. I mean, my favorite age of kids is whatever my kids are at. And then birth, oh. birth to five is kind of my thing. That's, so. that's really interesting you say that's usually how it goes to for, for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so before, though, you started here 16 years ago, you were doing business. Well, tell me about, do you, did you ever see yourself? So you were a parent. Um, what positions did you have while you were, while you were maybe parenting or, cause you said you, you were mm-hmm. stay at home mom as well, right? Did yeah. You have any side little endeavors? I had, um, I, I worked in an art gallery for about 10 years out of college, which was super fun. Oh my God. Yeah. That's New York and yeah. Europe and doing, we had a gallery here in Scottsdale that I was uh, director of there. Um, and the recession hit at the late eighties and changed my career path. Um, and then I was in marketing, uh, for a fortune 500 company. And then with a couple other women, we started an incentive management company. Mm-hmm. So, uh, still with marketing, but helping, helping companies, incentivize their workforce yeah. to meet their sales goals. And and yeah. then I had my second child who was just a little bit colicky and very difficult. Yeah. And uh, it was proving too much in my childcare uh, situation at the time. So I, I just felt the need to stay home, home for a couple of years. When you started this position um, 16 years ago, what was, how old was your last kiddo then? My youngest was uh, in our first pre-K class. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, so, so your youngest got to participate. Right. My intention too. was to stay home until the youngest got into kindergarten yeah. and I was this close, <laughs> this close. And, uh, but it was nice having him with me. Yeah. Um, and, and we started with three classrooms and 88 children the first year. So wow. huge need. There was really nothing else in South Chandler. Um, so we had morning and afternoon and, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Tuesday, Thursday. Since then, over the years, the neighborhood has changed mm-hmm. and, and we have the Price Road Corridor here in Chandler. And um, and I think, too, a big part of it is student debt. You know, when you yes. see that reach the, the trillion dollar mark, yeah. you know, young couples aren't coming out of school with all no. that debt load saying, you know, yeah. honey, you stay home with the kids, put them in preschool. I'll manage my loan, your loan, mm-hmm. the car payments, the mortgage. And mm-hmm. I mean, that just doesn't happen anymore. No. So more and more children are into the full day program. Right. And to me, I'm sold out on early childhood. It doesn't matter to me if they're part day or full day. They deserve a high quality experience. And that's what we're trying to provide. Yeah. So we 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 go with the needs of the neighborhood. <laughs> yes, this mm-hmm. area. And if you're not familiar with um, for our listeners, it's Alma School and Chandler Heights area, which has had a significant boom mm-hmm. in the development out here. For yes. Sure. Um, what's the hours of your, of the services then here? At We're the- open Monday through Friday from 7am to 6pm. Oh, okay. That's great. That's, mm-hmm. that's nice little long day wrap around versus just a three to right. four hour program. Yeah. yeah. It's our, our ministry here is for working families yeah. so they can get a full day of work in and know that their kids are provided for and cared for and loved. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cause that's the need for parents. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's talk a little bit about your role with AZYC. Okay. Um, tell us for the listeners, for anybody, that last person that maybe does not know about you guys, um, what, what AZYC is, what it, who it represents, um, and how to get, how to be a member of it. Cause it's a, a member association. Right. Um, AZAEYC is the Arizona Association for the Education of Young Children. Um, it is 
it is Arizona's um, affiliate of the National Association yes. for the Education of Young Children. We are broken out around the state. There's other affiliates like Southern Arizona, sure. and we have chapters Northern Arizona yeah. and Yuma. So, I mean, our state is so vast, yes. and there's so many different needs depending yes, on where you is. are. Yeah. Um, many years ago, as soon as we were able here, we became accredited by NAEYC because we believed from the get-go that we wanted to be high quality. Yeah. And, and NAEYC is the gold standard. Yes. They provide so much research and best practices and a code of ethics and um, really elevate the game of what, yeah. what it is that we're doing here. And, and I am sold out on NAEYC. Yes. And I've mentioned this on previous uh, episodes for any of my um, uh, longtime listeners that uh, although there are accreditation entities, I've always come back to NAEYC um, and I use them for my own research as well. And parent resources they um, are usually what I'm going to is my go-to mm-hmm. first. And a lot of other people do too. If you look at the Eckers assessments and the, the Itters assessments and mm-hmm. class assessments, and even the program administrative scale, a lot of those, um, those instruments are based yes. on NAEYC data and, and as well. So it, so if you become a member of NAEYC, you also have the option of choosing a local affiliate. Yeah. Um, so that's where AZAYC comes in for those of us that are uh, Maricopa County yeah. and surrounding areas. In the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to say, too, that I'm going to put this information, the, the website for AZAYC for our listeners on the show notes. So that way you can look more into the membership and um, how that works right. and as well as the next thing I wanted to talk about was the Arizona AUIC toolkit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I know if you haven't already gone around there, I've mentioned this before at the, um, when I did the little show at the Valley of the Sun um, mixer event, and we were talking about the toolkit and that's, I'm so excited about it because I think we have, Although there's always room for growth as far as um, the research stuff goes, um, the information for early for our field, but the business side of it is really something that I'm so glad that somebody finally stepped up and recognized this need. Right. <clears throat> because a lot of times, not just the classroom teachers feel isolated, so there's an AYC for that piece and um, getting connected with them, but that director, that administ- administrator that needs mm-hmm. to ha- have all of these, you know, what is it, ducks in a row as well as trying to provide a high quality program. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot, I mean, looking back on things, my business degree from ASU has really helped me. Mm. But even still, as a first time director, I spent a lot of time creating things mm-hmm. that would have been so much easier to just edit. Yes. And, um, and customize for it's, your own program. It's been done already, yeah. you know, and there we are spending hours and hours and wondering, is this vetted? Like, would this pass legal? What are the <laughs> HR rules about this? You know, am I going to be in trouble with it someday? Uh-huh. Like, so, so much of what we do is gut instinct, which I think we're hardwired to care for kids mm-hmm. and to care for families and to do those things. But there are laws and there are um, financial responsibilities, you know, to just be a good steward of what it is that we manage. And and the the toolkit um, is based on shared services. So if somebody's already created this, why are we banging our head against the wall to recreate it when we could just edit it? And there's so much in the AZ toolkit that I use um, to create 
parent handbooks, employee yeah. handbooks. You know, I already have one, but then all of a sudden I needed a social media policy. Well, yeah. what's allowed? You know, I yeah. want, I, I always say if, if my head and my heart are in alignment, I can make a decision, you know, Oh yeah. You know, it, yeah. very easily. But what if they're not? And you have to think about things like social media for, is a huge example. Very I want connections between staff and school, you know, I mean, between school and home yeah. because they're so important, you know, and using social media is a tool that we have yet. There's yeah. so many, it's just wrought with all kinds of complications. Yeah. So, um, the fact that there's a social media policy that I can just download into a Word document and edit at will is just a, a big time saver. So yes. that's one example um, of numerous policies that are both available for your families and for your own staff. That has just been a godsend to me. I know um, as an administrator, you are already um, putting on different types of hats, many hats, mm-hmm. many roles, and you feel like you have to know everything about every little thing. And this tool, I really feel that it helps facilitate those roles because sometimes you don't think of it until the after effect happens. Right. right. And this way kind of just takes you through the process, already gives you the descriptions of what's available. So even if you're, you don't have that business background, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, that you're able to really meet the, the needs of your program or, and meet the future needs of your program so that you know what's already going to be, oh, I don't need that now but this is good to have. Right. And, and experience will tell you it's better to be proactive than reactive. When you have a situation and now you're like, Oh, you know what? I need a policy about this. Um, usually something bad has already happened. So it, it's a, it is a, a wonderful resource for us, but there's other things in it. Like, cost savings. Mm-hmm. So now I know that actually Staples is the cheapest place to buy gloves. And you would not believe the amount of boxes of gloves that we go through in a given week. So saving money on things like that or our um, discount school supply, you know, like every, every vendor that's in the toolkit, the rule kind of the rule is it needs to be the best deal on the market. So to be in, and um, that's been, I'm not sure I'm saving money on classroom supplies through mm-hmm. discount school, but we're at least getting 20% more, yeah, you know, right. so I'm not sure what's happening. Right. Like, you know. I know I'm a big um, thrift store. Goodwill. I've always said it. If Goodwill wants to sponsor an episode, I'm all for it yes. for my podcast. Cause we send our, our educators, our teachers to the, local goodwill or thrift store for all a lot of our materials um lots of treasures there lots of treasures there we've flipped classrooms with a lot of that stuff Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um how can folks get connected what's the process of um using the tool um the website is azaeyctoolkit.org um, you can get more information on um, the AZ AUYC website as well, which uh, is azaeyc.org. Yes. Um, and there's member benefits. So if you are a member of NAEYC, it's it's $5 a month. Um, the most expensive it is, uh, is $10 yeah. a month. It's ridiculously cheap for the amount of resources. I mean, all, all the, <clears throat> all AUYC, all the, AEZ, AEYC is trying to do there is just cover the cost of bringing it to Arizona. It's fresh. It's live. It changes mm-hmm. monthly on, um, uh, on, for all kinds of reasons. So it's basically a platform that um, CCA for Social Good, based in New Hampshire, has brought to the field of early childhood. And Arizona is the 27th state mm-hmm. to, um, to customize it 
to Arizona. So quality first is in there. Arizona licensing regs and information is in there, but then there's national things in there. If you're in CCDBG or you have the food program with CACFP, things of that nature. Um, there's so many resources. Another huge benefit that I've found, um, every year I try to find a theme to go through professional development with my staff and staff meetings. And there's a fabulous, um, section that's just training yeah. and all kinds of free and inexpensive resources. Right. Um, and the, the other thing that I really love about the AZ toolkit is everything's been vetted at the highest level. So if you're reading things about communicable diseases and parent letters, it's from the CDC, yeah. you know, so everything is, you can just count on it and it's just so nice. And I've now made it like the first page that pops up on my browser in the morning, oh, yeah, you know, so I, yeah. I get to it right away, but every once in a while I'll be faced with the dilemma and I'll think, wait, I wonder if there's something on the toolkit about this. Like our insurance bill just came due and I thought it was, this is outrageous, you know, and oh, I wonder if there's insurance on the toolkit and you know what there is and saved a bunch of money again. Yeah. So so whether it's time or it's money, it's just, it's all there. And it's one, one spot, one spot. So you um, go on the website. I have, I'll have that on my show notes mm-hmm. as well. And then the, to access the actual resources, you will do, have to develop a login, a profile yes. uh, for it. And then you'll get your little password and login information. So that way you have your own customized profile to access your resources on there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I know we spoke a little bit about, um, the different hats that you've had. And I want to talk about just some of your challenges outside of, you know, obviously before the toolkit came out, what were some of your, just in this position, what would you say was some of the challenges that you've had, Mm -hmm. um, that you would give a tip for maybe a new administrator director in their program? Right. Um, I think the number one issue for any director is time management. I mean, there's just not enough of you to go around. And I, I, at the very beginning of my tenure here, I tried very hard to please everybody and it's exhausting and also impossible. Mm -hmm. So I think you need to, at least what has worked for me is, is to, I have a decision-making tree, what's best for children, what's best for my staff, and then what's best for families. And if I can live with those answers I'm good and I let it go. You know, make I the love decision. That. That's a really great tip to mm-hmm. for those decisions, for that little balance. Yes. I wing I'm gonna talk to you about your work life balance okay. as well. Um, but I wanted to see when you started this position, since you had just finished your master, you know, you got your master's in, in early childhood, did you have a, a mentor that helped you through this process? I've I there's so many people that have helped me. I know, me. I I should say mentors. Yes. But you know, I mean, throughout different phases of it. Um, really, one of them is Dr. Martha Munoz. Um, very early on, I was part of a, a program that was run out of Southwest Human Development called Emerging Leaders, and oh, I and that. Yeah, yeah, and and I could come up with a bunch yeah. um, from that as well. But um, um, Dr. Munoz was also running an NAEYC legacy leader program. And I ended up being invited to participate as a fellow in that. And, and as part of, so now I'm on two leadership programs, we're on a state one and a national one. And through the NAEYC one, we were brought to the annual conference and, and, 
as part of it, you know, not only do we have front row seats and it was yeah. all, but it was a whole different perspective of what the organization is doing. Do you remember how you learned about it? Because my, my thing is, is creating awareness through this information of, you know, if that administrator, she's just, or he's just learning about NAYC, mm-hmm. um, how did you feel? How, what was it that connected you? My, my first toe in the water, so yeah. to speak, was about, uh, was around accreditation. Okay. And I think it was an awareness of, I don't even know what I don't know. You know, because my background was not early childhood, I felt like I need guidance. I need some sort of tool. I need a self-study um, availability mm-hmm. to figure out what is the best practice. I mean, I had an old school type person working for me at the time who wanted to buy canned curriculum. And I was like, you know, it just seems to me like in preschool, kids should laugh. What's <laughs> going on here? You know, like this, it just wasn't fun. And, and that just seemed wrong. Yeah, it felt wrong. It felt wrong. And, and, but could I articulate why that was wrong? I really couldn't. And, and so, um, that. searching the internet, you know, and I found the NA, NAYC website and learned more about accreditation. I said, this is the ticket, but you had to be open like two years before you could even start right. self-study. And so I knew from the almost probably six months in that we were going to go down that road, but I didn't realize as much about membership and the other areas of, of competency mm-hmm. and that NAUAC was part of. And I really didn't realize it until I was part of the Legacy Leader Fellowship. And then when you go there and you're behind the scenes and you see how it all works with affiliate councils and what's happening in all the different states. I mean, now um, I'm also very passionate about advocacy. Yeah. And um and that has an interesting story about how that came about yeah. too. But but Part of it was just seeing these people and how sold out they are in their states and on a national level to increase not only awareness, but experience for young children, whether it's a school experience or, you know, or even like like first things first, you know, healthier children, stronger families, this matters, you know, and in South Chandler, we think of kindergarten readiness is can they read by the time they get to kindergarten? And that's not what it's about. It's about, do they have the same place to, to lay their head every night? You know, is there food equity? Are they, you know, are they fed and healthy and going to the doctor and the dentist and things of that nature? And there's so many kids in Arizona yeah. You know, not to mention the world, mm-hmm. but in or the nation, but in Arizona that just don't have that. Mm-hmm. And and um, I think that's super important that we get involved and, and be part of it. AZAYC is really pushing hard um, to be the voice of the profession, yes. which I think is kind of lost. Everybody wants to help kids. You know, sure. we all do. We all love kids. We wouldn't be in this field. You know, it's hard work. It's low pay. You know, yeah. like we need to we need to elevate the whole field. And I think by elevating the profession and speaking up for the teachers and being a voice for them and advocating for them as well, because they are the front lines. Mm-hmm. They're the ones with the relationships with the kids and with the families. Um, and so supporting them and building them up and fighting for worthy wages and doing things of that nature is, I think, really the advocacy piece. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is really important. Yeah, I definitely. I know that's why one of the little reasons I started with the podcast was I was I was traveling the state and I kept hearing these stories of these amazing early childhood teachers, preschool, kindergarten, and I'm like, I need to share these stories. We need to. Everybody needs to know about this. You know, 
it's, I felt like uh, Arizona <clears throat> was kind of getting highlighted for all the wrong reasons mm -hmm. um, in that area. So I thought, oh my God, this is great. The state's doing this with the toolkit. We're getting some more awareness with the profession. And I really want to make sure um, the individual stories are highlighted because there's been some people, um, early childhood providers and teachers and directors that have been doing this grunt work mm -hmm. that I felt one need to be highlighted and, right. and commended. And yes. Well. Yeah. That No, no. People are doing the work. They're just, you know, they're silently doing the work. Yes. Yeah. And, I, you have to and it's not that. babysitting. No. Yes. <laughs> It's not babysitting. No. And awareness of brain development, yes, you know, yeah. of providing experiences yeah. that are going to help yes. those synapses uh -huh. develop and connect and be stronger. Yeah. I mean, well, it's and then my important. thing was like, we, we can, we can talk about this in our own circle and yes, we, you know, what is it preaching to the choir? Um, oh, it wasn't how appropriate it is that I'm at. I know, right? <laughs> Here. Um, but I'm like, no, I want people outside of our circle to know about this and the business community and, our upcoming, we have a huge tech boom in uh, in Arizona and Metro mm -hmm. Phoenix also that I'm involved with. And I'm like, I want them to know because that's these are the people that are creating those policies and voting and pushing for more funding in this field and yes. elevating our profession. So, And it's hard for parents to be working if yeah. they don't feel confident in having the love of their life. Their heart is walking around outside of their body. If you don't have a quality place to leave your child how can you focus on your job mm -hmm. you know and there I, I gotta say I'm very proud of Arizona and the work that we've done in early childhood yes. there's a lot of a lot of passion here there's a lot of very high quality centers and and people are they are doing the work just as yes, you said they're they doing are. the work I wanted to also mention your work-life balance because you have several roles now yes right yes how are you managing that especially as a director what what do you do and what advice would you give to that administrator well first of all um how do you decompress you have to you have to get to a point of acceptance that you will never clean your desk off <laughs> Like, that's just not going to happen. And I want to say, for those people that are not here, her desk is great. It's much, much less cluttered than I, mine. I did make specific piles to just try to make it better for you when you came in. But, you know, to just realize you're not going to be superwoman and get it all yeah. done. So, you know, having those priorities of making sure, you know, my day starts out with what's the biggest fire? What's the second biggest fire? But at the same time, you have to be, you have to carve out time to be strategic about where you're going with your center and what you want to do. And where you want to bring your team, yeah. um, establishing teams, even within your staff is important to mentor teachers and breaking up. Like I am a big picture person. Please don't ask me to do the supply ordering. You know, I don't care how many packs of construction paper we have in the building. I just want to make sure there's construction paper, but you know what? I have a teacher who loves that stuff. Yes. So I, you know, here's your budget, stay within it. And like here's that. the, you know, don't forget to go to the AC toolkit to get the coupon code for, <laughs> to save the 20%. Um, so delegation is a big piece. Um, having people finding the passion that's within each person and putting them in charge of that is going to um, really help you out. 
you you can't do it all. And so you just need to get to a place um, of acceptance. And and part of it is just like teachers, we can tend to be type A personalities. Mm-hmm. And but nobody's going to do it as well as I do. Could be a fallacy and could make you crazy. If somebody else can do it 80% of you, you're still saving that time. So again, let them do it. And if you have to tweak the final product, then you do that, yeah. you know, so that that helps a lot relinquishing the control. Um, which builds teamwork as well and helps your staff feel empowered, which makes them also feel more connected to you and the mission of what you're trying to do with your center. Um, So that's number one. And the other thing too is for me, I need to be filled up, you know, mm-hmm. so so I think what you're talking about is how do you continually, you know, if you're going to just be giving things out of your soul every day, how do you put put in? Yeah. Uh, and, and for different people, that's different things. But I think you just need to do a little bit of soul searching and figure out what fills your bucket and make sure that you stay full because you're going to be pouring it out all day long, you yes. know, and the hours are long, you know, and especially when we have this time of year and mm-hmm. it's fall festivals and Christmas programs. And I mean, it's weekends, it's nights, it's early mornings. Prepared for that. Yeah. And the other thing too, uh, especially on the balance, um, I never let teachers leave their vacation time on the table. You know, they need to take it. We need to be wives and we need to be mothers um, because children grow up so fast that you don't, you'll never get those years back. So at some point you have to say, my day is done. I'm going to go home and I'm going to not only be present with my family, but I'm going to gift them with my presence, you know, and disconnect and be mom or yes. wife or something like that, because they will fill you up, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I know that a lot of all of that really is completely relatable for a teacher and an administrator, especially because we all need to take that time to decompress and to, get re-energized so that we can be there for our kids. Yeah. For our little kids. Whether they share our last name or they don't, yes. you know, we want to be there for all of our kids. Yeah. yeah. I have, a, I have, you know, 152. <laughs> so. That's great though. That's the way to do it and think of them as your kids as well. Yes. So Linda Polly, thank you so much for this time. I really thank enjoyed it. Podcast. Thanks for coming down. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you.